How do you know this? That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Truth is, <laughs> I am Iron Man. Wherever I go, he goes. When people ask you what happened here, tell them the North remembers. And here we go. What's up, everyone? I'm Zach Williamson. This is the Culture Crib Podcast. I'm here today with Ross Cutsforth, my co-host. We're talking House of the Dragon, Episode 5. It's House of the Dragon, Episode 5. We are now halfway through the show, man. Halfway through Season 1. Yeah, it's so much has fucking happened in just it really half a season. Missed, and it all still feels like a prologue up yeah. until the end of this episode. Now it's, it's the real show is about to start. Chapter 1. Basically, yeah, it's <laughs> getting into it. So when do you think the Dance of the Dragons itself is going to start this season? Or you you were saying last episode, you thought that Viserys would last all the way up to like episode nine, potentially? Or like yeah, towards I the think, end? You know, he was, he's not looking so hot right now, but the trailer for the next episode, he's still alive. So it, true. <laughs> he hangs around for another decade. But man, I was thinking... You'd think with how this episode went with all the nosebleeds and all the other stuff that was happening that he was going to die sooner than later. But maybe they finally switched maesters because that guy's a fucking idiot. And yeah. <laughs> the leeches have worked. It's okay. Yeah. Just chill. Yeah. Like, clearly they haven't worked that well. Bro, I kind of have a theory. This isn't even my theory that I was going to tell you about that I'll bring up way later. But okay. what if the maesters are working with Hightower somehow to poison him or make him sicker, more Bro. sick, faster. Because even just even that hint, and then there was a there was a part in episode one where they showed Otto Hightower. I don't remember where when in the episode it was, but they showed Otto Hightower riding to Old Town. So there's a there's a couple things that I think point in that direction. Their connection with the Hightowers because of Old, Old Town, Town. Yeah. yeah, and that's where they the Citadel is. And in the books, early on in the books, even it says, "Are you the saying you saying the books? Are you talking about um, uh, uh, Blood and Fire or Fire, fire and, blood? and Blood? Or are you yeah. talking about the A Song of Ice and Fire? You're talking about Fire and Blood, yeah, Fire and Blood. Okay, okay. So just let's, for future, let's like refer to that as the book, so that okay, the book. We just yeah. don't get mixed up a bit. Okay. Well, in that, it kind of alludes to the fact that the Maesters want the Targaryen dynasty to end because they want dragons to die out because they yeah, think, yeah that's true too they say that even in Game of Thrones I think they say that in sorry in A Song of Ice and Fire they talk about how there's less dragons and it's better for it yeah yep <laughs> or, or none at all because they think it helps you know level out the balance of power yeah so that definitely feels especially this episode when that other guy suggested probably something that would work. And this is different. And I don't think this is a spoiler, but I do remember in Fire and Blood, there was a part where Rhaenyra has a different maester come help him after he cuts himself. I think it was after he cut himself to the bone on the Iron Throne, which is different than what happens in this show. I think the maesters are also just old as fuck and stuck in their ways. We saw that when Sam went to the Citadel too. No one wanted him to perform something that was considered risky. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and that's 200 years later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I don't know how much has changed over that time. 
as far as the Citadel. Yeah, so Seems that could like be happening. Kind of similar, you know. Or they're just complete. He, they're complete fucking fool. That at least that guy, yeah. that Maester, is a fucking idiot. And we've already seen him. He hasn't made a good decision this whole show. I mean, with with Emma. How do you say her name? Emma. Oh, His Emma. Wife. Yeah, Emma. Yeah. Oh, that, wait, Allison? He hasn't. No, no, I'm talking about their mother for the oh, C-section. Yeah. He hasn't been right about anything so far. Ama. No. It starts with an A. Ama Aaron is definitely has not made a fucking good decision, dude. Yeah, he we just, need to get that guy out of here. <laughs> this is all else. And I, I, the whole thing is him lasting this long and living for fucking 10 extra years is putting Rhaenyra's claim more and more at jeopardy because the other heir, the other potential heirs are getting older to where they're getting closer to ruling age. Maybe. I I think if he would have died like, right before that 10 years or in a couple of years. There's going to be other factors for why we can't talk about yet. But Yeah, but just going off of the show so far. Maybe. I don't we don't know yet. I, I don't know. I mean, this might be different than I don't I don't we can't really speak to that yet, I don't think. I'm just saying I think it presents a risk for There's going to be things play. that Rainier is going to do that are going to also put it <laughs> like so we, we just can't talk about it yet i'm not going there i'm just saying based on what the show has given us so far so what happened what would you think would happen right now if he died in this episode well then rainier i think would automatically ascend to the throne and she would establish herself over the time because right now Aegon's what one year old three or four or just very young toddler age mm-hmm. no one's gonna he doesn't have as strong of a claim because he's so young He's so far away from being even ruling age. So I think the sooner the better because then she has a long time to establish herself as the ruler. Maybe, bro, but maybe they wouldn't. Uh, who knows what they would <laughs> It's yeah. an interesting thing to think about right now. What could happen? Would Damon maybe just try to take the throne right now? I mean, there's so many things that maybe scenario that could happen. Bro, there's, there's what's so his much... name would become. I do. I mean, I don't know. It's not something I really want to even think about because I don't know. I, that's a fair point, though. You're saying that the longer he lives, then maybe there's a better claim. But the whole time, he's still saying he's still going to be saying she's my heir. Yes, that's true. Unless, as you, I feel like as he's going to get older, he's going to. We'll see. They could do it very okay. They yeah. could do this very differently in yeah. the book, Fire and Blood. This is not a spoiler. He supports her claim until he dies. Yeah. So, and I feel like they're going to do that with this. It, I, I honestly feel like when he was wavering, it had already happened. That was, that's all in the past you're saying? Yeah, for the most yeah. part. Well, yeah, I guess we'll see because they they have diverged on certain points. Even in this episode, he was yeah. saying if it's their daughter or he said son or daughter, they will ascend the throne too. He is completely open to it being a woman completely. All right, everyone. So a quick little break for a word from our sponsors. Okay, take us back to the beginning. I mean, we're at the beginning. We didn't even talk about... So another thing that they changed straight up or they confirmed is that Damon kills his wife. Yeah. Because that was right in the book. It was always... It was just... It never straight up said explicitly that he did it. So what they did is actually quite different. It's still possible that Damon somehow low-key caused all that event, all those events, but he would have had to been far away. You know, he would have had to been still at war. And it wasn't that he was the one who actually killed her like they did in the show. In fact, what it actually says is that Lady Royce, so she does fall from her horse and she cracked her skull upon a stone, but she's still alive for the next nine days after that before finally feeling well enough to leave her bed 
And within an hour of leaving her bed, she collapsed and died. But during that time, she didn't accuse Damon of anything. In fact, Damon was actually still at this time in the book off doing the War of the Stepstones because that was still going all the way up to this. And so he was on Bloodstone. And when he gets a message from Lord Baratheon, that's when he actually goes back and then tries to immediately claim everything that she owns. Bro, she was fucking jabbing him. (laughs) She She, didn't have to do that. He, you know, if she didn't say that last thing, which was interesting, another, that she is the second person now who has made comments or something about how he can't finish. So he must have some impotency with him. Because remember, Maybe. he couldn't he couldn't finish with the the white lady. What is her Masira? Masira, remember? Or it's something like that. I don't know. If, let me look it up. Masira. He was having problems finishing with her too in the first couple episodes. It might have been the first episode. Oh, it's Masaria. Masaria. I didn't catch that. Okay, that's interesting. So he has a ED, maybe something. I mean, it kind of makes sense when you're an incest baby. <laughs> really, something's gonna be wrong. Like yeah, something, be something up with you. And uh, yeah, man, if she didn't make that last comment, I think the showrunner even said it. But that's how I felt too. That he actually didn't necessarily startle the like. What the fuck was even going on there? I rewatched it, and yeah, I I watched that again too. Not even overreacted, but I don't know what happened at that moment. The horse just kind of freaked out, and it didn't feel like he was trying necessarily to scare the horse. Yeah. Well, Although when he, he just going rolled up. with it. Yeah. He did roll with it. Yeah. And then he still was messing with her by stepping on her arm and stuff. And But That's I didn't they, think he was going to kill her until she said that last thing. And that transition, bro, when it then showed the... the yeah, the fish. The fish getting cut. Very... Game of Thrones shit. Yeah, some very good editing there. With the that reminded me a lot of the the edit where Sam is uh performing the grayscale surgery. Yeah, you're Jorah, right, man. And then it goes straight into the pie. Yes. That's oh. totally right, man. That's Nasty as fuck. Nice callback there. That's a good one. Yeah, so what else here? What else happened early on? Even Otto was making points to it. It at one point he was saying, dude, you know, at some point you're gonna have to take a stand against them because for them to for sure secure their claim like you're saying he would she probably would have to kill the kids get them out of the way oh i I wasn't i wasn't saying that i was just saying the earlier she starts her reign the more the more she's established herself before they even get close to ruling age they could still live but we'd have to look into the history of what happens if someone is a baby i feel like even if they're a baby they still name them king it's definitely happened, at least in real life. Yeah, it's a complicated scenario. If the baby is the sole heir, then I'm pretty sure there would be a ruling consort. So like Allison would rule until mm-hmm. that baby is 12 or 14 or whenever the ruling age is considered. Yeah. And then that that child would take over. Anyway. But it, but if the, the baby's like the second or third in line, then... I guess it's totally a fictional scenario, so I don't know how they're gonna do it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we don't even we don't need to think about it too hard. Yeah, because yeah, the stop was gonna go down. But yes, I mean that was a good scene too. Then it goes. What's the next scene after that? Ooh, ooh. Okay, this is where this is where I have a theory for you. <laughs> okay, shit. Is this them going over to Driftmark? Nope. So is it Laris or Laris? You think he did that on purpose? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Too? 
Laris, Littlefinger, Varys, Laris, Littlefinger, Varys, combination of the two. Laris, I do. I feel well because he, he's clearly playing. He's not clearly, but it seems like he's playing both sides just in case whoever ends up winning this. But okay, so a couple things with this guy. How do you think he knows about the T? The T, yeah, I don't know. He, so he's the way definitely he kind of. Yeah, he's definitely kind of one of those guys who might have spies and stuff set up. But yeah, exactly. Continue with what you're gonna say. No, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Is the way he worded it, because he's saying there's rumors around. It makes it seem like there was no fucking rumors. He probably just had spies that he pays. I just saw it. Or he has connections with the maid. What if he's the one who sent it there? Oh, he's the one that sent it. What if? It's possible. We never saw Viserys even acknowledge it this episode. So it's just, oh, the king sent this was what the maester said. And in Game of Thrones lore, it's been used before that they've sent tea like this to to highborn women to make them look like they were cheating or to start allegations. That's been something that's happened in Game of Thrones. I can't think of another incident, but... Okay. So that's like an option we have Definitely, (laughs) yeah. I I, kind of like that theory. I think it's... Pretty strong possibility. Yeah, but this is not my theory that I was going to tell you about, Ross. So this one... Oh, it's not your theory yet? Okay. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> that is one option possibility, maybe. But my theory, I started looking into this guy's background and then the Strongs, too. And so the Strongs, they hold Hall, right? Which looks over the God's Eye, that big lake. And yeah, in which there, we know what happens there. Well, a bunch of stuff's yeah, happened. There. Yeah, I think yeah, there's yeah. even been battles in the past. There was for sure a battle there in the past when they burnt the, down Heron Hall, but we don't need to talk about there it. Was even, there was even a battle between the Children of the Forest and the First Men there. I think that's where they signed the treaty. I don't know if there was a battle there, but that's where they signed the yeah, treaty. Yeah, and yeah. they have the Isle of Faces, which is where all of them marked it up, and it's supposed to be a very sacred place. But it's very sacred to the Children of the Forest and that culture. And this guy... He seems like someone who would be really into that kind of stuff, Laris, because he knows that he can't fight with. He's got a club. He's got a club leg, so yeah. he knows he has to use his mind for that kind of stuff. But what I'm trying to get at is that with that history and the very first shot of this scene when he's introed here, they show the weirwood tree again. And I was I was looking into the history of the weirwood trees, and in Game of Thrones, there isn't a weirwood anymore. It's a it's an oak by that point, and to be honest, they might have even added this into the show. They might have not even ever been one in King's Landing because wasn't King's Landing a city made by Aegon? Yeah, but they had they had one in every they had in they every had, major lots of capital. places had. You're right. Yeah. There was the Godswood. They had a lot of them. They were kept there. They did keep some. You're right, but I don't remember if there was ever one specified in King's Landing, and I don't think there was anywhere would ever mention Fire and Blood in King's Landing. I'm not sure, yeah. And most of them were cut down at, it was around 700, maybe 400 years before Aegon's Conquest. Oh, wait, when was Aegon's Conquest? 350 years before. Yeah, so like 400 years before Aegon's Conquest was when most of them in south in Westeros were cut down. Daenerys was born in like 288 AC. Yeah, yeah, like you're that. totally right. So it was like 300 years. And then they most of those then, the werewolves were cut down 400 years before Aegon came over to Westeros. But so what I was thinking, man, I've just been trying to think of what could be a big major twist in the show that doesn't, that wasn't in Fire and Blood is something that they made for the show. And 
this guy specifically, Lars. So the first shot there, it's of the weirwood tree. We know that green seers, they can look through the eyes of, of weirwoods. And this guy knows a lot of stuff. And yeah, the conversation that that Allison and Rhaenyra had about Damon and all that, that happened right in front of this fucking tree. In the Godswood. Yes. And Greenseers, another guy with disabilities that we know that was a Greenseer. Jojen. Well, Jojen, but Jojen was a green dreamer. He could dream. Or it, wasn't, it was a different term. Okay. Yeah. He wasn't a Greenseer, but he had dreams where he could see things. But Damn, I um, thought you were for sure going to say Jojen. Wait, who are you talking about? Bran? Wasn't Br- Bran a Greenseer? Well, he was the third eyed raven, so he, he could do fucking raven. everything. <laughs> yes, but dude, would there be a three eyed raven at this point in history? There would be, right? Yeah, I think it's continuous, right? There's a three eyed raven at all times. And the Strongs are, they have the blood of the first men, so they could potentially be Greenseers. My theory is what if this guy is a Greenseer or he can warg and what's the other thing? A skin crawler? And there's all these scenes where they show rats walking around and spying Fuck, and stuff. So, and even the rat at the at the wedding at the end, there's a fucking rat crawling around. We can't talk about what that one spe- specifies. That's some foreshadowing for it could be this too, but it's very clear yeah. foreshadowing for something later. Later, that we can't dude. talk about because on this pod we have decided we're not going to talk about the future. We're only talking about stuff now. Stuff um, stuff that the show gives us. Yeah. Yeah. So because I don't want to spoil it for the listeners, but this this thing right here we're talking about with, with Lars, this isn't anywhere in the book. What do you think about that theory that maybe he is spying on them and he's potentially a green seer? And I don't know. What do you think? There's probably more details that I'm forgetting that can make this work, but I just feel like when they added this tree even to it's for a reason and we gotta see why it gets removed to yeah. at some point. Somebody finds out about it and they're like, No more green seers. We don't fuck with that. <laughs> we know this kind of character, though. This guy is going to be that little finger style, yeah, very style character. He's where he has, their, he has their own motive, <laughs> which makes me think back. We never really got to see what Varys's true motives were in Game of Thrones. Sort of disappointing. Don't, don't go. <laughs> we can talk about. Don't touch that. that. I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I feel. Yeah. <laughs> what even is the Three Eyed Raven's role at this point? And would. If you're a three-eyed raven, would you strictly adhere to that role, or is there room to break out of what you're supposed to be doing? Well, three-eyed raven, the whole rule is you just sort of watch, right, observe. So I, I don't know if he's yeah. a three-eyed raven, but I was or more just saying, a green. What if oh, he's just a, a green seer. seer, okay, yeah, or a skin crawler, possibly both somehow. But I think if you're both, you'd probably have to be the three-eyed raven. You know, I you know I probably should have looked yeah. more into details, but it was just sort of like a idea I had last night when I was rewatching and they just have a very specific shot too and when he first starts talking it's still a shot with the werewood in the background yeah his first dialogue and he's talking about oh there's even what his dialogue too has so many meanings when he's saying yeah this tree it's here and it it shouldn't be here it's the same thing as like a werewood tree it probably shouldn't be there same thing as Allison she shouldn't be really she's here thriving in this family of Targaryens and yeah, I don't know, bro. So I, I was just thinking that could be a really cool twist that I don't know if a lot of people would see that one coming. I think that would be there logically. Like, I think that theory makes a lot of sense. And now <laughs> okay, all that remains is, yeah, yeah. All that remains is just to see how it plays out, but everything connects as far as I can tell. 
and the alternate theory that he could have been the one to plant the tea to get all this yeah. going. Yeah. He's to definitely up to going. some shit, dude. Mm-hmm. Which is so interesting because his dad is is Viserys' so, number one guy. Yeah. And the other strong guy is going to be a big character going forward. And it's just interesting, dude. I yep. love I love this kind of stuff. And even his intro was so on purpose when back in that episode when he's sitting there among all the all the ladies of Westeros listening to all their secrets and gossip and stuff too. Everything he does is intentional. So just trying to collect the info. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about him yet. His methods are very, you know, I guess underhanded, but I don't know whether his intentions are good or not. It seems like he's probably just out looking for himself right now. Yeah, I think he's just pl- going to probably play both sides a little bit as yeah. it goes forward. Because that's the difference between... Slime his way into. <laughs> he's going to just <laughs> squeeze in there, baby. He's just going to oil up and squeeze in. The slimy guy. <laughs> that, that was the difference between Varys and Littlefinger, though. For me, was, they both use the same methods, but Varys's intentions seems more like he had the best interest of the people in hand, whereas Littlefinger mm-hmm. was very individually focused and he just wanted to rise as high as he possibly could no matter who he had to fuck over. Yeah, Varys book version might be a little different, but a, a lot of characters in the book are way more gray than what we ended up seeing in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Anyway, we can we don't need to talk about that. Okay, so what do we got next? Next scene, just the whole marriage proposal. I guess we don't need to talk about that. We can skip over. You can really see, though, that the cousins love each other, Viserys and Rhaenys. Yeah. There's not really any animosity, it feels like. Because she even says it herself. We don't need to talk about that. That Just when when she comes through the doors, she her face lights up and she sounds excited to see him. And then when yeah. they're talking... She doesn't really say anything super disrespectful about him, even when he's not in the room. Well, she knows that something's definitely wrong with him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And shout out her and Corliss. Actual functional relationship. I know. <laughs> Only one we have at this point. That's in, it. In the, in the story, dude. Oh, and then there's also that direct parallel between Lenor and Rhaenyra. How it went from seeing them talking about their arrangement to next scene, Lenor and Joffrey talking about the outcome of their arrangement and then switches directly to Rhaenyra and Kristen talking about the outcome of their arrangement and showing all of those, just it did a really good job of setting up all of those character motivations going into the wedding. Yeah. That, that was nothing really. <laughs> like one la- Only last thing I wanted to say on that was I cracked up when I saw Coralist admiring the, the crab feeder's mask. He's just like staring at it as a part of his treasure collection. Oh, wait, I didn't see that. Wait, what? When is that? Uh, I can't remember the timestamp, bro. Uh, it doesn't really matter. That's cool, though. Fuck. <laughs> Damn. He kept that shit? Mm-hmm. What a freak. What a weirdo. Got grayscale on it. What the fuck, man? This kind of ties, and I know this is like leading it more into the final scene, but Fabian Frankel was talking about that scene with Rhaenyra on the bridge. And you know what? For people who are trying to defend Sir Kristen, he still showed himself after she denied him. He he said he was only doing it because he thought that it would get him his honor back, basically, is what it came across to me as after he said all that. But he was saying, too, that, and this is an interesting thing from the actor, he was saying that if Rhaenyra had presented it differently and had even offered to help him get get out of there, get to Bravos on without staying, then stuff might have gone down differently. But she keeps him there and keeps him yeah. at the wedding. Yeah, I saw that too. I think it's because he's a very 
honor driven character. And to him, the way yeah. that she presented it was very demeaning to him. It was like well, a spit in the face. Is, is, yeah. He's not a highborn or anything. So really being this is all he has. And it's his fault. He threw it away. The actor says that too. He says he has no one to blame but himself. So all the people who think he got me too, we need to stop that because the actor fucking straight up said, nah, bro, he wanted to do it and it, you know, he regretted it after. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's on him. Yeah, I he he fucked up. <laughs> but yeah, he said the actor too said that they talked about that scene for seven months prepping about it. And he was saying, well, even with it, he would need help getting off the armor. He said, because knights have squires. It takes a long time to get all that. And so yeah. presentation was very well done is what he thought. The sex scene they were preparing for for seven months? Yeah, he said he was texting back and Damn. forth with Millie Alcock and the director about it for the for pretty much ever since he read the script for it. Just to make sure like everyone was on the same page. Yeah, and just how yeah. they're both young people, both young characters. So it's you just saying it wouldn't be the sexiest thing ever. Oh, okay. Yeah. He did fold like a beach chair to the queen. <laughs> didn't even say she didn't even uh, say anything. Bro. He just it, that was, spills the beans. I was that like, was bro, so what are you doing? Didn't even ask her for specifics. No, man. Didn't even wait. Had a feeling they were going to do that when Allison yeah. was sort of dancing around what she was going to say. Same. Do you think she got so mad because she's jealous? Because I remember at the in the first episode, she kind of blushed when... He came up? When Sir Kristen came up, yeah. I mean, maybe. Also, I thought that that conversation would have cleared up any animosity between Allison and Rhaenyra, honestly. But it seemed like she was fucking more angry at her than ever. She still lied on her mom to her that she did anything that night. I know, but from my point of view, it seemed more like she was just mad about her having sex with Damon specifically, not really the sex part. It seemed more that it was with Damon. So I thought, yeah. Maybe she's just mad because, man, she has to bang an old ass crusty king. Yeah. And she gets to go bang fucking knights. This hot ass Dornish knight. For real. Yeah. That's another thing, too, that uh, Fabian says, too, that he's really such an outsider here. All these people are, he's a Dornish man. He's from the edge of the Stormlands, where really the Stormlands connect to West, Westeros and then to Dorne. And he just has this whole outsider approach to everything there too, you know? And then on top of that, he's being used as a pawn in a lot of it. Bro, he was he was very forward with his uh, proposal to Rhaenyra too. <laughs> I was surprised. It's like, damn, he's just coming right at it. Very, uh, what's his name, who presented to Arya Stark? Oh, Rathy. Gendry? <laughs> Gendry. <laughs> yeah. He's like, let's, let's run away together. No, swinging, man. Bro, that, Yeah. <laughs> They fucked one time and he was... It really was that he just wanted to restore his honor. Then right after that, he immediately freaks out about how he was like, that was the only way I thought I could get my honor back. So it didn't even feel as intentional. And it's going to be interesting to see where this character goes because in that same interview with Fabian Frankel, he was kind of talking about... He's kind of alluding to some things that are going to happen in the second half of the season about how... Audiences, just people watching, might not see him the same going forward. Here, let's just go over the whole wedding scene altogether. What do you think about it? Presentation overall. It was like Damon coming in, everything. Great scene. Yeah, it was a good scene. My only complaint, I think, with the whole what went down 
So now we can talk about what the difference is between Sir Kristen and with Joffrey. So in the book, listeners, Joffrey still gets killed by Sir Kristen, but it's in the middle of the tournament for yeah. the wedding. And he does it in the tournament because he knows that he can get away with it. You can get away with killing someone in the tournament. So that, to me, how is he going to get away with this? <laughs> like, I don't know, because I was thinking the same you, thing. There's even in the fight, they toss Lenor. Is that his name? The prince? The guy who's, it's his fucking wedding. And he yeah. gets tossed around by some guys. And he gets punched by Sir Kristen. Yeah. How does he get away with all this stuff? I don't even believe he got away with getting out of the crowd. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Because there's a lot more gray area in the tournament setting. Where it's chaos and violence is clearly expected. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even die right away either. He dies a week later. Six Whereas days this, later, yeah. Yeah. Whereas this, beating his fucking face into a pole. So, and there's a whole crowd of people all around him watching him. Yeah, I, maybe they can pull, oh, he pulled a knife on him. And no one knew yeah. how it started anyway. And he could, it's a, he said, the other guy's dead situation. So you can't really take his testimony. There's no. Yeah, uh, it's just kind of the King's Guards, what they said goes, which... Uh, we've probably seen that happen in Game of Thrones too. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, who knows? Unless he just gets the queen to somehow pardon him. But bro, I mean, that part to me was, I just couldn't see him getting away with that after with Lenore and with the Valarians, that house and everything, you know, like that's some fucking straight disrespect. And it's disrespectful to Viserys and Rhaenyra, everyone. Get, how does it fly? I guess it'll be interesting to see yeah. how they deal with that, with the time jump too and everything. Especially with the connection that Lainor, Lainor has to Joffrey. I don't know. He's not going to let well, that shit I mean, go. But maybe they could, he could not let that go. But I'm saying that's, yeah, that's a good point. I guess there could be too that a lot of people see this as a situation that's been resolved because they were in love, but people didn't want people to talk about that now that he's married to Rhaenyra. Maybe Coralus could see it as that way. He wasn't really a fan of the situation. No, yeah. I think Allison is going to definitely bail him out, though. Like, he's about to fucking commit seppuku, and then she was like, no, chill. I know, that was the part <laughs> where I was like, do it, dude. I was, one time, let's change the book. Damon and Rhaenyra, right before that fight starts, the sexual tension between them is, like, insane. Planning their wedding at her wedding? <laughs> yes. And how she sees Damon versus how she sees Kristen is so different. A love triangle. Kristen came to her with the same proposal that she gave to Damon at the wedding. She rejected Kristen, but then she was so desperate to run away with Damon. I feel like she's taunting him. I don't think she thought... You think he, it, you don't think that's would, real? That he was going to do that. It's more like, all right, man, you want me? Fight through all the King's guards. You need marry me. Fuck everyone. But yeah. I don't think that he thought she would do that. And even that's why when he grabbed her, it was very, it was tension there too, but it's also don't try me. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. I, okay. I would say before I think she would make jests at him like that. But after what happened in the brothel, I think there was, it was more real. Well, she, she definitely makes jests like that. She even said, yeah, yeah. Marriage is a political thing. I hear that was throwing his own words back at him. Yeah. Patty again, very good. As Viserys, I, there was even a part too where he said, how are they going to remember me? And he doesn't know this. And when he says it's best, maybe it's best not to know because he's not going to know what's going to go down after he dies. But also he is yeah. remembered. He's written positively about in history, which is like interesting to see now that 
yeah, okay, stuff was not nearly as good as they made it out in history at <laughs> yeah. all. Yeah. And we're seeing the perspective of two women through all this, and it's definitely, they're being used as pawns. It's not as positive relationship as they tried to make it out to be in the history books. And he kind of fumbled the bag. <laughs> he said, everything he's saying, dude, he's saying, I want to herald in a second age of dragons. And what he, what ended up, uh, fuck. What well, fucking came kinda, out of his reign is so different from that. It's just the story of everything he's done so far, bro. He tries to make everything so grand, even with the hunt. I mean, they said that too, but then also ultimately what's going to happen, it's the same that's been happening. Poor, yeah. poor Viserys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, got no, I honestly don't think I have anything else, man. I told you my couple of theories and... Yeah, I like those theories. What do you yeah, think? Best episode all. of the show so far? On IMDb, it's currently the highest rated episode. Everything Damn, else is around yeah. like 8.8 .8 and this one's at 9.1. Damn. Yeah, I think it's... I don't know which one my my favorites were. This one... Oh, dude, they're all like on the same level. They're all just so good. Mm. The cinematography, yeah, just, directing, acting... Plot yeah, like those, those shots on the beach were so cool. Yeah, man. Some of the shots, are, even in episode one, some of the shots in at Dragonstone were insane. They were so so good. Like this episode, <laughs> episode two. or episode two. Yeah. So no fan questions this week, but we might have some DMs. Ooh. Okay. So Taylor Beagley, he says, hopefully you can bring this up on the pod. That episode last overhead shot of the episode is so good. The fallen crown. And everybody leaning in from that angle as if they're trying to put their head into it. Top tier imagery. And the only two people who aren't are Rhaenyra and that's a fucking good f catch, bro. Damn, that is good. Shout out Taylor Beagle. Yeah, I, I did not catch that. And that is fucking good. Everyone else leaning in. Yep. What timestamp is that at? It's at 1006. Oh, okay. When Viserys uh, mm -hmm, collapses. Bangs. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, even uh, Corliss, like they all yeah. are. Shout out Taylor Beagley, bro. You should write some fucking analysis of <laughs> Game of Thrones because I did not catch that one. That's a nice catch. Yeah, okay. So other than that, that's okay. Good thing I checked our DMs. All right, everyone. So that's our podcast this week. Make sure to follow us at Culture Crave, at Culture Crave Pod, at Thrones underscore facts. Those are all on Twitter. If you got any fan questions or comments, you can DM us on any of those, and I'll try to remember to bring them up every, every week. And we'll be back next week doing more House of the Dragon. And hopefully we'll get Luke back next week, and we'll do Rings of Power too. <laughs>